0: Welcome back to the Voices of the Week Podcast with me, Mark Duffy, and as you can see today, I am joined by Katie. Uh, Katie, firstly, thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, how are you doing? It's been a while since you've been on, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, no, I'm good. I've just been moving back to uni. It's been a couple of busy weeks. Um, mm. Just not really have much time to settle down and do one just it's just been, it's been crazy. It's been very hectic, but no, I'm happy to be back.
0: Yeah, good. It's uh, it's probably the right time actually for you to not be sort of being able to watch Watford, with how it's been recently. But uh, yeah, uh, a little bit better yesterday. I think it's safe to say. Uh, and you know, we are here to talk about the the one-one draw away at Cardiff City. Um, you know, I, I think an improvement overall. You know, going into the game, I, I don't know how you felt, Katie, but there was a little bit of worry from my side. You know, we've we've not enjoyed the best of results recently obviously we've also given Valerian Ishmael a new contract as well extended it which is very unlike Watford to extend the contract of a manager they all uh they all sort of trolled us with the uh club statement Valerian Ishmael and I was like oh god because <laughs> I think we've actually recorded a podcast since it happened so Firstly, what's your view on giving Val an improved extended contract? Are you are you happy with that? Because there's some Watford fans which are like, why are we re- rewarding him? We're sitting 20th, 21st in the league and we've given him a new contract. Or are you in the camp of, great, you know, we, we're backing a manager. We, we're going to stick with him long term, hopefully, and he's building it on and off the pitch.
1: I understand why people would be confused or if if especially if you're not a Watford fan and you look at where we are and our results you'd think what are they doing like they're crazy why give him a contract extension but I I was happy that we did it because I think we could have gone the other way and sacked him and that would have been even worse but I was happy that we did it it shows that we're trying to build something it shows that hopefully people trust him like and I do overall I do think we are heading in the right direction sure we haven't been performing on the pitch as much as we should but we have seen those glimpses of it and all we can do is just keep holding on and see where it takes us and the worst thing to do would be to get rid of him Mm -hmm. um obviously we don't know what will happen in the future but, but what I see is I see this as um the people above telling us that they trust him they believe in him and they want him to carry
0: on Absolutely. And I think it's a breath of fresh air for Watford fans. I mean, you wouldn't bloody think it looking at social media sometimes after the games, but it's just so nice to finally think, right, you know, Manga's in charge of the manager stuff now in terms of he decides whether a manager is doing a good enough job. And if he doesn't think they are, then, you know, they'll get the chop. But I like to think that, you know, without sounding like a bit of a broken record because we do talk about this quite a bit on the podcast. I do like to think that things are happening off the pitch. We're trying to discipline, you know, the, the squad seems more disciplined, albeit, you know, we've had two players dropped already this season for being late, which is typical. But, you know, we, we, we're we clamping down on it, which is the first thing. You know, it, it, it seems from behind the scenes over the last few years that things have been quite rotten and the players pretty much get away with what they want. Val's come in, he's a disciplined sort of guy and he's he's making sure that doesn't happen and, you know, yes, the results aren't where they need to be, but people that were so desperate for Watford to have a bit of a a reset or a a clear out, if you call it that, don't realise that when these times happen... Things aren't going to be all rosy straight away, you know. It, it, it's that old saying, isn't it? Rome wasn't built in a day. If you're wanting a clear out and you're wanting a rebuild, you have to understand there's going to be teething problems at times. And to be fair, off the pitch, it seems like we're being better ran under Ishmael. And I, I, I still stick by this. I think once we click, then we're going to be in for a, a good season, and and results will follow. Look. We've sat on this podcast many times already this season, Katie, and we've talked about performances being correct and performances being there. It's just, unfortunately, we're not taking our chances, which that will sort of be the, the theme of this podcast as well, annoyingly. Uh, we'll start with the the team news itself. Obviously, we, we played in midweek and lost away at Sunderland, which is annoying, 2-0 uh, to Sunderland, and there was a red card for Ryan Andrews. So, the four changes were Livermore came in, KMB came in, Aspria, and Martins was back after, uh, after family bereavement. So, uh, our thoughts were obviously with Martins uh, and, and his family. What did you make of those four changes? Because, I mean, I didn't personally watch the Sunderland game. I was at a gig, but it sounded pretty bad and, you know, there was a lot of changes and sort of Val got it wrong. What did you make of the four changes coming in? Were you happy? Was you a bit surprised?
1: I was surprised that actually there were changes, but I mm-hmm. was happy that the changes were made because in the past, we're so used to letting players play, even if they're performing awful, like if they're playing bad, they'll still get a spot in that team. Yeah. Obviously, I'm happy for someone who might not be as good to come in and show and give give them a chance if someone is consistently not performing. So when he did make those changes originally, I was quite happy and I was like, you know what? Like we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And that is the whole point of this season is trying things. If they don't work, they don't work. It's not the end of the world. But I do think overall the performance was better this week, uh this yeah. so yesterday. And I think that the team did also like play a role in that. Like mm-hmm. the team was stronger. Um, and even when people were coming off the bench, you know, they were coming on and not making the mistakes that they'd been making in the past few games.
0: Yeah. And a lot was said, you know, if if you you read on Twitter after the Sunderland game, Andrew French was tweeting and, you know, they said that um, Valerian Ishmael kept the players in the changing room for 50 minutes afterwards and sort of held a team meeting, if you like. And it wasn't a shouty, sweary type of John Sinnott, Neil Warnock type grilling, but it was very much a case of, right, you know, there's sunny isn't right, let's talk it out. And there's been many sort of meetings like that in the past, you know, truce to Kong calling two, I think it, it, it's been that he called. And you know, they tend to, to work, but definitely there, there has been a, a visible improvement in the performance yesterday compared to, you know, the, the the previous weeks where we've just not been at the races and that's the reason why we're sitting where we are in the table. Um Yesterday, uh, I must admit, the first 10 minutes were a bit rubbish. It was almost as if, you know, both teams were sort of trying to feel each other out. How's this going to pan out? How are they going to play? Um, It was said that Cardiff had quite a few injuries to to contend with and they, they had to make a lot of changes because of it. So maybe they couldn't get into their flow or rhythm because of their injuries. But to be fair, you know... The worst thing you can do at a time like Watford are going through at the moment is concede early doors and concede sort of pretty much, well, concede first, which we did, uh, but it's how you come back with it. So first 10 minutes, nothing really to to write home about. And 17 minutes on the clock and, you know, Cardiff have already tested Daniel Backman. Um It was Carmen Grant who scored against us last season for a... Uh, West Brom when they absolutely battered us and only uh, only drew 1-1. One, one. Uh, and then who got enough <coughs> of a, a, a sort of a stab on the ball to get it away because Batman could only parry it. And then 22 minutes on the clock, the one of the guys that comes into the starting 11, Kayembe, dicking around with the ball. Stupid, really. I don't know whether he was trying to play a pass, trying to be too clever, trying to be too cute. And he gives the ball straight to Grant and Grant goes one-on-one and puts it over. I mean, you know, I, I just said there about the first 10 minutes being a bit crap and then sort of 20 minutes on the clock. And you're thinking it's looking like only one team are really going to score. And was you a little bit worried that, that that's the way it was heading?
1: I mean, it's this, that's what this championship is. Every team in this league can score goals. Every team can punish the other team. Every single time we're conceding goals, it's because someone made a sloppy pass or someone made a mistake. It's never, oh, overall, we played horrific. It's, oh, it was this sloppy pass for this or, you know, the own goal at Coventry, like that type of stuff. And in this league, you can't mess around with stuff. If you have chances to score, you have to score because the other team will punish you, even if they're, you know, we always say like possession doesn't win games. It's all great having all the possession. But. The other team might have one chance to score they'll put it away and you can't get through to the goal and they'll win the game and i just think like the first 20 minutes of yesterday and also like for some of the other games recently we've just not been we don't come out and fight and look hungry like i don't know if it's an it's a nerves thing or if it's like a sussing it out thing but we can never ever like get stuck in straight away and other teams do which is why we keep conceding really early on because it's almost like we don't expect them to and then when they get really in our faces we're all, we're all like oh my god like what's happening like I mm. think it is this weird like it might even be like an ego issue they just ex- don't expect these teams to like come at them and then when they do they act like it's you know the end of the world.
0: Yeah I, I think that's a really good point that you make actually in terms of you know not starting on the right foot and me and Ben have spoke endless times on this podcast, not just this season, like sort of the last three seasons, if you like. It's almost as if it takes an absolute rocket at half-time from the manager or it takes a goal, like you say, um, for, for us to wake up. And it's like, well, yeah. why can't we... You know, I've seen us a couple of times this season in the second half really come out of the traps. Like mm. Stoke City, for example, at the, that second half started and we come out of the traps, you know, we, we hit the ground running. And it's like... So you are capable of it, but why exactly. take into the second half to do it? Like, why not start from that way? And I think uh, another point, a good point you made there, Katie, is you know the whole do. I I don't think this one's much of an issue anymore. At least I don't. I certainly don't think it will be. But do you do think is there a bit of arrogance about you know? I always remember Ben Foster saying that season we got relegated, um, the COVID season where he said that, you know, players were going into matches thinking it was already won. And listen, I don't think for one minute that the players think that we, we've got a strong enough squad to do that. But it does sort of make you wonder, the, the way that we start sometimes, do, do, do players turn up to these games and think, oh, it's Cardiff, you know, they've got a lot of injuries. You know, you know, we, we, we've been playing all right. We should probably, you know, play well against these and, and hopefully, you know, win the game. Are they thinking that before, a, a, you know, the whistle's even blown or a ball's even kicked? And it's really frustrating. But like you say, you know, it usually takes a goal for us to sort of spring into action, which is annoying. And unfortunately, 26 minutes in, we found ourselves 1-0 down. And it's like, you know, you've just gone 20 minutes where maybe not too much has happened in our favour. And then you're thinking, OK, well, the more this game goes nil nil, the more the confidence will grow with the players. Like Jake Livermore said, you know, it's about stopping the rot and stopping the bleeding. And, you know, if the game goes on longer and you're still in the game or it's nil-nil, then, you know, confidence does grow. But 26 minutes in, got undone by a corner. Really, really frustrating. And I wouldn't expect this defending from a park team on a Sunday league. Uh, I watched it back just before we come live and... Watford seemed persistent at the moment, Katie, of zonal marking, not having, you know, right, CRL to you mark him or who uh, you mark him. It's whoever's, you know, uh, around. And it's just not working. I watched it back, and basically what happens is Livermore has a man who's near enough right by Batman. He then passes that man on to, to CRL to in front of him. All, all this time, the, the balls come in. And Mark McGuinness is at the back post, and in the end, there's Livermore and Kyembe that are closest to him, but not close enough. He's got the freedom of South Wales, and he knocks it in, probably the easiest goal he'll score all season. But it's just deflating, isn't it, Katie? You know, Like I said, nil-nil, yeah, they had a couple of chances to go ahead before that, but you're sort of thinking, OK, well, we're looking better than we have done. And then it just goes and knocks the stuffing out of you. And it was terrible defending, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think goals like that, when you're conceding, they're so, like, literally, it's like a pain in your chest. You're literally like, oh, my God. Mm. And I think sometimes when it comes to defending, like sometimes one week we will be amazing at defending and we're on it. And then the next week we're conceding goals all over the place. Mm -hmm. I think especially with that one, no one's ever looking at the free man or the space. It's always, okay, there's three players here, so we're all going to mark them. But no one's looking at the back post. And this and all the players are just coming in and getting straight there. Backman acts like he's seen a ghost, freezes. And, like, you know, I think it was also pulled from him for that goal. He he almost, like, I mean, yeah, it's coming at him fast. Like, But he kind of doesn't move. And you'd expect him to just make himself as big as possible. Um so I think overall, it was just really poor, but defending from everyone. Mm-hmm. But it is really disheartening because it means every time we're conceding these goals, we have to chase after them. We're never really in control of the game. I mean, we might be possession wise, but it doesn't matter if we're 1-0 down. Like we have, to, we have to start taking control of the game in the early doors. Like we did it at QPR. Why can't we do it anymore? Like we saw it one time and now we can't see it anymore.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's really frustrating. I, I mean, I'll maybe stick up a bit for, for Backman on that one. I think, you know, the the ferocity that Mark McGuinness, is bloody good hit as well, to be fair to him. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, he shouldn't be in that position in the first place, mm. you know what I mean? So, yeah, another set of poor defending, which is really annoying, you know. Um, it's, it's so easy to cut out. I remember the Coventry game. You look at all three goals they scored gifted to them not not yeah. one of them was right they worked really hard or he oh, he did he did really well there gifted all three goals to them and unfortunately it's not the first time this season that we've sat here and said we gifted them a goal and like yesterday with that corner we absolutely gifted it to them and uh you know, Cardiff's run, uh, well, form at home this season is one of the better ones in the league. And, and they do pick up most of their points at home um, in, in the championship. And I think they were saying that they've only lost once at home this season. Um, so, you know, when you go one nil down to a team like that, you do sort of worry. I'm just looking now. Cardiff have got the um, third best home record in the championship. They've played six times and picked up 13 points. Only Ipswich and Leicester have got a better home record, picking up fifteen points. So, you know, when when a team like Cardiff and um, you know get a goal ahead, you sort of worry a little bit. But yeah. on the flip side, we then um, we then like we said earlier, we sort of spring into action when when we go a goal down, and we did that sort of almost you know straight away think it was only about 10 minutes or so afterwards uh, we have another corner and it's another short corner routine and I mean I'm not fully sold on the short corners I, 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 I'm not a fan I'm, I'm quite old school just get get it in the box you know you don't need to lay it off and then cross mm-hmm. it well, what what difference does it make but we were close who got the the flick on and then I feel a bit sorry for spur on this. I've not actually seen anyone slate him for this, so you know I don't think they would because it's harsh. But he's like right under it, and he's right on the line. Uh, some people might look at it and think he's on the line. How has he missed it? But he's underneath it, and the angle he's at is just really yeah. awful. So you know, are you you agreeing? You you think it's really tough for him to get it in from that position?
1: Definitely. I mean, I remember thinking, at first I was like, oh my God, how did you miss? And then actually when I was like, oh wait, that is quite a, like a hard angle, like he, you know, he tried his best, like I'm not really sure anyone could have scored from there. It was, he was in an awkward position and you saw how frustrated he was at the end, but I don't think anyone could have really done any better with it.
0: No, no, very, very awkward angle that was. Um, but, like I say, Katie, you know, it', it annoying that it takes a goal, but Once that goal went in for Cardiff, that's when we started playing a bit more. And that's when the chances started coming. Uh, And right on the stroke of half-time, we should have been going into the break at 1-1. and G, as the ball, passes it back to Jack Owenwick in the the Cardiff goal. And Bayo, like he has been most of the season, pressing, as always, really, really good press. Nicks in before the ball gets back to the Cardiff City goalkeeper. Takes it round him. The ball is on his left foot. You're thinking, okay, he taps it in and happy days. But unfortunately, we're Watford FC and we don't do things the easy way. He <laughs> obviously wanted it on his right foot. I don't know why. Even if you're not left-footed, just swing at it. It's an open in goal. It. it is going to go in. Um, Tries to keep it on his right. Then realises that Onwick has you know, sort of made up the grounds that he lost from from losing the back pass. And then I think by the looks of it, he tries to cut it back to Tom Deli Bashiru. But when then he tries to cut it back, it hits off Olmwick, then hits off Bio, then goes out for a goal kick. And Tom Deli Bashiru was like the rest of us, whether you were at the ground <laughs> or whether you're watching at home, he was fuming. I mean, Katie, we're going to talk about Bio in a bit. Because I think he had, he does get a lot of stick, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about him in a bit. But he's got to be scoring that plain and simple, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to even like visualise what he was trying to do. I mean, he probably thought, "I've gone too far. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to try and cut it back." And hasn't realised that you know everyone's caught up with him by now. And it was it was literally like a it was a how did you not score moment. Obviously, like. We know, we know he's capable of scoring those types of goals, and obviously, it was just—it's just one of those things. But it was—it was, you literally—it was a head and hands moment, like.
0: It was. It was. uh, I mean, we'll we'll talk about him now. I mean, he obviously he he scored for us as well, and the scoring comes from the press. I mean, we were just speaking before before we come live, and for me, Katie. He gets a lot of stick. Uh, Warwick Bird, who's watching, I don't know if he's still watching, he popped a comment in just as we went live and he says, for those that are listening on the podcast, he said, the crow works hard but needs 10 chances to convert one. Uh, yes, he does. And for a striker, that shouldn't be acceptable. That, that, that's not what you want your striker's conversion rate to be. But one thing I will say is, he's pressing and his work rate and his desire... Is where you want it, look at the end of the day, how many Watford fans at the end of last season said, "Well, I just want a team that looked like they 're giving a shit and look like they're trying mm-hmm. Bio for me ticks that box, Bio ticks a box of working hard, looking like he cares, wanting to be here um He did that interview with um with Andrew French, I think in pre season and you know, he come across really well there. He, he was very confused as to why he was shipped out on loan. He just wants to play football. And he works hard for the team, which is how he got the goal. Um, You know, we'll, we'll, the the goal, we'll talk about it now, obviously. Um, another back pass for for Olmwick. He had a bit of a stinker. He touched it, really heavy touch. Something you'd expect from Backman, to be honest. Um, really heavy touch. And there's Bayo with his pressing. Gets it. And you sort of think, fucking hell, is he going to do the same again? And if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure he went with his left on the goal, which is what he needed to do in the first. Um, mm. I might be wrong on that. But my God, that ball slowly trickled over the line. But at the end of the day, it went in and Bio's got his fourth goal of the season. And we were level 1-1. But Katie, what what's your thoughts on, on Bio so far this season? Because he gets a lot of stick.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, his goal, when I was actually watching it back, it actually goes in so slowly. The defender nearly gets yeah. it. Yeah. It's really close. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't realise it was that close. But yeah. 100%, he gets so much stick and everybody slates him. And I actually think he's probably, like, I think he's good. Like, he scores mm-hmm. goals. He is the type of striker who is always pressing. Like we said, his work rate is so high he obviously wants to play football and most obviously yeah he misses some chances but I remember like when he came on um, in the Coventry game like he got us that he got us that uh, goal like there's a lot of times I can think where he's scored the winner or scored goals when we need them like he does well in games and I do think he's a good player and people obviously when someone misses a goal like how he did it's so easy to just be like oh he's rubbish he's rubbish Watford, as soon as someone makes a mistake, they're rubbish, they're rubbish, like, mm-hmm. that is kind of what what we are, but I honestly think, I, I really don't think he's bad, I think he's great, I think he really works hard and, you know, he's got, got four goals, like, for someone who has been messed around by the club already and he's only been here for, like, what, two seasons, like, he obviously works hard and that's all we can ask and I think he's only... At the beginning, I think there's more to come from him.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, something we were talking about before we went live, I think it's really frustrating because, you know, obviously it's not ideal that your striker doesn't score the amount of chances that he puts away, you know. If you think the chances he's had, if he put them all away, he'd probably be on double figures by now and the, the top of the scoring charts in the Championship. But I think what's frustrating is his pressing game is brilliant. Like, he works hard. And like you rightly pointed out there, Look at the Coventry game. He 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 made that goal for, for Rajevic, the, the second goal for Rajevic. Uh That come down from him pressing. And ultimately, you know, you cast your mind back to the start of the season when we were looking at getting a striker in before Rajevic come in. We all said we need someone who's going to uh, suit Val's system. And we all know that this season, we look like we, we, we want to be pressing. And that's what Bayo does. And it's frustrating because... Bayer really needs someone that he can play in a two alongside. He does the pressing and all the hard work and everything else. And you've got another tri- striker that sort of just mops it up a little bit and, you know, p- pops the chances away. And I think that's what they had in mind for Ryovic were very much a sort of a fox-in-the-box type striker. You look at his two goals against Coventry, I think that is the style that Rajevic is known for back in mm-hmm. uh, Sweden where he was playing for Kalmar. And you know, we thought, okay, this is going to work. This is brilliant. And it just hasn't quite worked out for Raivic since. Uh, I I feel a bit sorry for him. I I don't know if he's maybe finding the demands of English football a bit tough. Look, we all expected him to take a while to bed in. After all, he's never played at this level, never played in this league. It is going to be tough for a player coming over to, to sort of bed into it. And hopefully he's just having a few teething problems and, we can get back to to him scoring goals and, and really fitting in because to me, even though he's a bit of a you know a lump, he, he's he's a bit weak for me and he, he needs to bulk up a little bit. But yeah, going back to Bio, I, I think he he's perfect. You know, if we could have someone alongside him that could finish, and you know, we we, we could be in serious uh, serious contention. So, but I think some of the comments yesterday, um, I, I want to just read out a tweet from uh, from Ben. Um, Watford put a post up saying a "Alert from Bio," and it was uh, the link to the highlights. And Ben said, "Yes, he should have scored in the first half, but these comments are ridiculous. He created both opportunities from impressing something Raivich wouldn't have done. Bio looks a different player this season. Let's get behind him instead of against him. And I think that's that that that's a real real fair thing to say. You know, yes, he doesn't score the goals that we perhaps." need him to but at the end of the day he he's pressing his seconds and on and i think he he will be such an important player this season and i'm pretty sure as well because of his goal yesterday he's actually watford's top scorer this season um on on four goals i think martins and raivich are on three um comment here from joe so him saying bio to get 20 goals this season unstoppable at the moment. Who cares if he cut, if he scores one out of ten chances? He's scoring still. Um, I mean, <laughs> unstoppable at the moment. I would maybe raise a, a question mark there, Joe. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I think listen. I, I think he could if if he plays in the team as regularly as he is at the moment. Whether he plays in a two or plays in a one, there will be opportunities. I think he can get double figures. He's well capable. There'll probably be people that watch his back laughing their arses off and maybe screen recording it and sending it to me at the end of the season when we let him go on a free transfer or something. But he did score and it did, we did equalise, which was brilliant. You know, you, you sort of think, you know, finally, maybe our luck is going to maybe turn in this game. Um, for the rest of the game, then, Katie, I think it's fair to say that we perhaps were the better sides. I know. Maybe Cardiff had a little five minute spell in the second half, but that second half for for me, we looked so much better. And again, it goes back to the frustration of why can't we start games like this? Uh, Ince and loser come on for Bashiru and Espria. and uh, I mean, I don't think loser did much, but Ince for me, when he come on, he just looked to get forward at every opportunity and should have scored, shouldn't he, Katie? <laughs>
1: yeah, that was bad. Yeah. But again, True. like, we can't kick them down because obviously they're going to be disappointed in themselves. Like, Bayer was probably angry at himself that he didn't score. Like, the last thing they need is us to all get down their throats and be like, you should have scored, you should have missed. Like, mm. you know, they know that they should have scored. But it is about getting in those positions because on another day it could have won in and you just don't know.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what... I mean, Tomming's for me, um, you know, he... he, he First really impressed me against Coventry. You know, got yes. his first assist uh, for Rajevic's first goal. Uh, scored against West Brom as well. And uh, I can't remember who we were playing, but he, I sort of said, right, well, he needs to start the next game. And he did. And he, he didn't really seem... Well, he wasn't really in the game. Uh, but yesterday I thought he'd come on and uh, he, he really, really impressed me. Uh, I must admit as well... Asprey, I don't think yesterday was his type of game. I think he really struggled to get into the game and really make a, a solid impact. Same with Martins. You know, I usually see Martins quite alive wire every time he's on the ball, doing that thing, cutting in, shooting on his weak uh, on, on his preferred foot. Sorry, um, you know, playing in that sort of in, inverted winger role. But yeah, I, I think. Yesterday wasn't really that type of game for either winger, really. But I must say, like I say, you know, when Ince come on, I thought he he looked really, really sharp. And for me, I think overall, at the end of the game, 1-1, I'm probably disappointed, but I'm glad that I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because we we should have gone on and won it. You know, I'm not disappointed because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, and you know, another shit poor performance. I think considering yes, it wasn't immaculate, but considering what we've had to put up with recently, I think we were much better yesterday. Is that so you'd agree with?
1: Yeah, and I think again, I was the same, I was like, how did we not win this? Mm-hmm. If the chances were put away, we win that four one, easy. Like mm. and I think it is again, I say this every time on here about how the season is that there's no expectation for this season. And we have to be able to kind of get through these patches and i'm not saying oh we have to be happy with a happy with a good performance like obviously yeah we want to win games but every single game isn't isn't easy to win and i think we are still finding our feet like you said there's more to come we still need to click like it hasn't happened Mm -hmm. but it is coming away and thinking okay on a different day we score those goals and we win and I, I, I think, you know, Cardiff are a good side. They're like, what, what eighth in the table or something? Like, they, yeah, are, they are doing well. And obviously, yeah, we should have come out a bit more fighty in the beginning. But, you know, we turned it over and the second half was a better performance, much better than Sunderland. And, you know, you just don't know if this league, you know, one one team will lose one week and then win the next. Like, it is kind of all over the place. So I think, I think I was happy with the second half performance and I was the same. I was like, oh my gosh, how do we not win that? Like, And I have said that almost after every game this season. Like, We should have won. We, we should have had more goals. So it is about being more clinical in front of goal, which I think will come. We just need to, you know, even try different partnerships. Like I wouldn't even, I want to see Healy play. I want to see what he has to offer because I honestly don't understand how he's not made the team yet, considering... Yeah you know, he, he's fit, like he can play. And, uh, you know, if Bayo needs help, like put them up together as a two, like that could be something. And I am happy that um, Valerian mother is like, she he, he is really like swapping things around and still trying to um, change things now, not trying to stick with one team and force it to work, even if it doesn't. He is still experimenting. So I hope we get to see him at some point because I'd really love to see what he could offer.
0: Yeah, uh, Warwick agrees. He he says he obviously doesn't fancy Healy. Surely he needs a chance. Uh, and it, it, it is quite confusing as to why he's not getting a chance. Um, you would like to think that, you know, the manager sees him day in, day out. You would like to think that the reason he's not being played is because he just doesn't think that he's good enough to play, which, you know, again, might raise question marks over why we bought him. But we won't know until... You know, we give him a chance in a game. Playing in training compared to playing in games, two completely different things. But well, I don't need to tell Valera and Ishmael that. But I think what you've said there, you know, I, I think it's that that's it with this league. Anyone can beat anyone. And Piero Mingoya was on the co yesterday with John Marks for Hive Live. And he made a brilliant point. You know, the, things can change at the sort of click of a button in the in the Championship, because of the regularity of the games, you know, it's relentless I know we've got a bloody international break coming up, but after that we play on Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday mm. so, you know, you, you could play three games in a week and you, you could win all three you, suddenly you, you're flying up the table and exactly. at, at the moment as well, with how we've been playing uh, Jake Livermore, as I alluded to earlier, said in his post match interview, that Sometimes, when you're on such a bad run of form, you just need to stop the rot. And we did that yesterday. We didn't lose. Yes, we didn't win. We've still only got two league wins to our name. And yes, that is highly frustrating and not good enough. But we haven't lost, and it has stopped a little bit of the rot. The worst thing you you, you can do is going into the international break, losing, because mm. you just want to get back out there when you've lost. And you just want to make mm. a So when we lost on Wednesday against Sunderland, I was like, right, okay, attention's turning to to Cardiff on Saturday. Let's put it right. Whereas if you lose in an international break, you know, fucking, you're waiting around, around, twiddling your thumbs. And I think it is important to understand that. And Log like say, we've we've stopped in the rot. It can it can help. You know, we we've got Sheffield Wednesday coming up. It's typical that they've sacked Munoz now, which I'm gutted about um, because. <laughs> They're bound to get a new manager bounce. I think they drew yeah. I think they drew with Hoodersfield, was it? I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But you know, know, it'd be typical for them to turn up and turn us over at the VIC now. But you know, we win that and we could be sitting on the podcast afterwards saying, right, well, we look like we've turned a bit of a corner, but ultimately what you've said is bang on. We need to start putting away our chances. We had seven shots yesterday, only one of them was on target, and it was a goal that we scored. So, um, thanks, Joe. Joe said it was a nil-nil for Sheffield uh, yeah. Wednesday, yesterday. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, we need to start putting these chances away because, it, well, he already has bitten us on the arse a couple of times. But I want to stress that we are only 11 games in. and We're real- two
1: wins away from being ninth in the league. Like yeah, like,
0: exactly. like you said,
1: that's a Tuesday and a Saturday game. Yeah. like. I know it's worrying looking at the table, thinking yeah we're near the relegation. But the season's just started, like it's like you said, eleven games in. Like obviously, yeah, you will think, oh my god, like we're Watford, we shouldn't be there. But like Joe's just said, the, the, every game is a big game. Like you have to take them as if they are, you know, like, like two games and we're up there again, we're back in it. Like obviously, yeah, it's easy to look at Leicester and think, oh my god, they're like twelve points clear in first place or whatever. But I do seriously think, like, we're not... The aim was never to finish first. The aim is to just be up there and just keep fighting. Like, obviously, yeah, it's been rough now, but we're showing signs of improvement and we just need to keep stick with the team and back it.
0: Absolutely. Um, Joe just said as well that the next four are big now. Uh, Chef Weds, Millwall, Rotherham at home with Huddersfield coming. Uh, the next four is Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea away, Millwall at home and Huddersfield away. So, you know, there's some teams in there that are sort of similar form to us. Sheffield mm. Wednesday not doing great. I know uh, Swansea got a big win yesterday at Plymouth. They're be doing better. good at the
1: moment.
0: Yeah. Um, Millwall, bit hit and miss, uh, but I'm glad it's at home because recently at the Den, we've just been absolutely shocking and still the yeah. nightmares of last season at the Den. That was horrible <laughs> awful, that was. Yeah. Um, and then Huddersfield, you know, Darren Moore's going there. He's Darren Moore's a, a really, really good manager. Uh, mm. So that one's going to be tough. Um, and then Rotherham at home. And Rotherham, brilliant point for, for them at St Mary's yesterday, away at Southampton. So mm. under no illusion, as we saw last season, we drew 1-1 with them at home. Um, but yeah, this is how I think quickly things can change, you know, after the international break. Like so we've got three games in, in near enough a week. And... You know, you you go on beating in those three games. You win a couple of them and draw the other one, or whatever. And like you said, Katie, you you right up the table. So we exactly. are still only eleven games in. He's, it I, I. It's easy for me to sit here and say this because I've got my Watford tinted glasses on. But for me, he's <laughs> gonna click one of these games. Mm. I, 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 I'm just, I, I'm just so sure of it. I mean, listen, there's, there's a. Um, not too many similarities so far with this season that I'm about to mention, but the promotion season in, in COVID season, you know, look at the when when it clicked for us then. We beat Bristol City 6-0 at home and then went on a mad run and that's ultimately what got us promoted. You know, that was later than 11 games in. That was pretty much near, near the end of the season and we went on a run. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying for one minute, by the way, that we're going to go on this mad run and finish in the playoffs, but what I'm saying is we need to be more patient we wanted, we were the ones that wanted to clear out. Yes, we haven't spent as much money as we, we would have liked. I would like to think that the money that we've raked in from Sar and Pedro, which is probably in the region of about 50 million, is going to go on clearing debts. And mm. with everything going on with Scunthorpe, South End, uh, I know I think those two have actually been sold now, uh, which is great news. But with everything like that going on, you know, Scunthorpe were looking down the barrel of a gun the other day, you know, they, they 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 were days away from being liquidated. And it all goes down to, you know, not having the money and being riddled with debt. So as long as Watford's clear the debts, which is what they said in the meeting, and if this 50 million has gone towards that, I don't mind. We're rebuilding yeah. this season, we're making changes off the pitch and on the pitch. We we can see a clear identity and a style of play it's it's gonna take time to bed in everyone's on about daniel backman how he struggled to really fit in i mean recently his distribution i think personally has been much better yes there's question marks over a couple of the goals he's let in recently but you know these things are going to take time the players are new to the system we are still only 11 games in and like katie said the championship anyone can beat anyone southampton rather a brilliant example yesterday Everyone would have put the house on Southampton, 1-1. And, Mm. you know, we could be sitting here next, at the end of uh, the international break, we could be sitting here, not the the Saturday after, but the Saturday after that, having played three games in a week, we could have won all three and we'd be like, yeah, things are fucking brilliant. We're loving it. And that's the beauty of the championship. So I think we just need to stick with the team. Yes, it's frustrating. Nobody likes spending the hard-earned money especially at the moment with the cost of living and everything you know fair play to those fans that traveled to South Wales yesterday I can't imagine that would have been an easy trip but we're spending our money and the the fans that went to Sunderland away as well on a Wednesday night um and just stick with us I, I I genuinely think you know better times are just around the corner um, I, I really do. And Joe makes a good point here. Ten points off third. Playoffs aren't far away. Can't wait to see us win <laughs> at Wembley in May. In Ishmael we trust. Uh, if I knew he'd said that, I should have read that before I, I, I made it sound a serious comment then. <laughs> I think there there is, you know, a, a little bit of a, a truth to be taken from that. You know, we, we're not far off you know the higher places in the table and uh, like I say, I don't think for one minute we're actually going to you know finish in the playoffs, but I think better times are coming and international break now, which is a bit annoying, but like I say, I'm just glad that we didn't go into an international break on the back of a defeat, but yeah. going into that Sheffield Wednesday game, um, obviously they're like I say they're, they're going to, I don't know if they're going to have appointed a new manager. I don't even know who's been linked. In fact, I tell you who's been linked Oscar Garcia, uh, our mm. manager for like two games and then he got ill. Um, but going into that game, you know, how how are you feeling? You know, obviously we've, we've been on a bit of a poor run, a, a better performance yesterday. But on the whole, how are you feeling going into that game against Sheffield Wednesday?
1: I think we really have to use this game to put things right. Like we have to not with. see it as playing bottom of the league. We have to see it as a game where we need to win like five nil like we need to go out show the team like you're at home you've got to show everyone what what they're capable of don't try and sit back and play this All like let's see what they do and then mm-hmm. we can like maybe score a late goal in the end and get one more draw like we need to seriously come in there and just batter them like like you can't take any prisoners, like you just have to do it and you just have to go for it. And I really hope, you know, international break, get rested, mm. uh, have, you know, some time to really like get fresh. And obviously hopefully like with with like Martins, like he'll be back to um, like, you know, before see when his, his that family stuff, like that's mm. like clear his head and stuff. And I just think the players need some, like, I'm not saying all they deserve time off, but they also need time to just like regroup, Evaluate what's happened and then come back. And, like you said, three games. Like, I'm not saying we're going to win all those games on paper. I'm thinking Sheffield Wednesday win, Rotherham win, and Huddersfield win. Millwall, dunno. Three games, we're up there, we're up there. Like, and that's how you have to kind of they. I hope that's how they would look at it, but not in the sense it's like, oh, that's an easy team. I just we know what they're capable of, we've seen them do it, we've seen them do it through the season, and I just think now it's time to really put it on the pitch.
0: Absolutely. I I think, I think you're absolutely spot on. We need, we need to use this game. Yes, they're going to have a new manager bounce. Yes, things aren't going to be as toxic now because they've got rid of a manager who's been poor, but they've got some problems off the pitch. What? Yeah. Let's use, let They've still got issues. Exactly. So, you know, we we know for we know for well if, if a goal goes in against us I was led to believe yesterday when we conceded there were boos from the away ends, and if you're a team in disarray or if you're a team that's going through shit times and you concede first, you know you, the, the fans are going to get on the back. Sheffield Wednesday have always travelled in good numbers, so I've yeah. no doubt they will pack out that away end and a bit like QPR at the start of the season that second goal went in, the third goal went in, we're only, excuse me, we're only in the first half and pretty much half of the away end emptied out. And sometimes you have to use that, you know, we're at home at the end of the day. I've Mm. said on this podcast before that we need to take advantage in these home games because for me, we look stronger at home. I said that and then we went and fucking lost to Middlesbrough, which is typical of us. But, you know, we, we need to use their problems to 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 hurt them and we we need to show intent against sheffield wednesday don't don't show them too much you know respect they're bottom of the league yes the manager's gone but let's use that against them let's use their yeah. problems against them. let's We're get an early goal and exactly That's so yeah, it's, uh, it's annoying that there's an international break. I really cannot for the life of me understand why we need another one now. I don't even know who England are playing. Uh, I don't know if... They'll
1: even watch England.
0: No, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a friendly Nations League qualifier. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll not be watching it, <laughs> it that way. um but... Yeah, just before we wrap it up, um we'll have some content out in the international break on um, Friday the thirteenth, I believe the YouTube video of our interview, me, Ben and Joe sat down and spoke to Jada Merritt. Um that'll be out on Friday the thirteenth at seven PM. I probably should I really should sort of look at these things before come on and find and guess. It'll be out on Friday. <laughs> uh and then the podcast version will be out on saturday the f- uh, 14th of october at 5 p.m so if you want to watch it then friday um in the evening if you want to listen to it podcast saturday in the evening uh like so we spoke to jay and jay's a top top guy like what i think our best player interview uh, and that's no disrespect to the other guests we've had on but yeah. jay's just just good vibes so There'll be some Watford content out for you guys if you don't want to watch us. against. I'm, I'm led to believe now, Joe has said, we've got Australia in a friendly and Italy in a qualifier. So if you don't want to watch any of that, watch Joe The Merit interview. <laughs> um, we've also got another ex-player interview lined up for November. Uh, we're not going to reveal just yet who that is. I don't even know when we're speaking to him, but uh, all will be revealed in, in the coming weeks, Hopefully. Uh, But other than that, the next podcast that you'll see us on uh, talking about a Watford game will be the one after the Sheffield Wednesday game, which is on the 21st of October. So we'll be back on the 22nd of October on a Sunday. And then myself and Ben are going to Swansea on a Tuesday night. So there'll be a podcast straight after the game on Tuesday. I'm stopping over. So I'm going to rush back to the hotel Jump on um, YouTube live, and Ben will be joined. I'll be joined by Ben as he travels back to uh, to Hemel Hempstead. Um, so yeah, some uh, some really good content coming up, and some regular content as well. Apologies, there was nothing for the Sunderland game or a preview for the Cardiff game. We're still trying to work out the best way to do it with the midweek games. It sort of fucks us up a little bit in the river. Uh, but thanks for watching today. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. If you're listening to this as a podcast on the Monday, hope you have a great week. Uh, stay safe, everyone. And come on, yawns. Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.